0: We all know that I love making and recording my own podcast. Loudmouth is my heart and soul. But what's even more fun is that it's easy to do. And guess what? (laughs) You can do one too. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. You can make money from it with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast right there in one place for free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Loudmouth Podcast. How are we doing? After this stressful week, is everybody doing okay? I know my acne is starting to go away a little bit. Um, I'm feeling a little more refreshed and not sleep deprived. So that's fun. Um, but we all know this week was a little bit stressful. One for the history books, truly. And it's crazy to think about that because we're like, it's just happening. It's just our everyday 2020, you know, life but thinking about how people in a couple years are going to be looking back on this moment is truly astonishing. But I hope you guys are all doing well. I'm your host here, Madison Hadler, and today we're unfortunately not going to be over talking about the election just yet. And I mean, the news really isn't either, so expect it for a little more time. But we all know about elections, right? I mean, I'm sure after this last week, a lot of you know more than you probably ever intended to know. We all know about registering to vote, having a ballot ID, going to our polling place, and all that stuff. And you think that it just stops there, right? You know, our votes are the ones who decide. Senators, Congress people, governors, and more. But unfortunately, that's kind of where our votes really stop. And you may be thinking don't we decide the presidency too and in a way yes we do but there's actually another system in place that can trump no pun intended our votes and that's called the electoral college so let's talk about it Instagram if people knew how the Electoral College worked. Out of 242 people, 205 said yes and 37 said no. When that same number, 242 people, were asked if they learned about it in school, about 147 said yes and 91 said no. Many people just know that their votes get gets cast, but not necessarily what happens afterwards. And the only way I truly know about the Electoral College and all of its things is from my AP government class in high school, and I also was a political science major. But not many people know much about it. They know it could exist, and I bet they could tell you a basic premise of it, but it's so complicated and huge and confusing that not a lot of people know too much more about it beyond that. I'm sure after this election... Many more people do than they did before, but since I love politics and stuff, I really wanted to talk about the electoral college because there's a lot of debate about it, especially after two two thousand and sixteen a lot of debate got brought up, and I mean, in two thousand and two with Bush and Gore, that was another time when the electoral college really got questioned. but some of us are a little too young to totally remember that so 2016 is probably our closest example of how the Electoral College really works. So what is the Electoral College, you ask? I'm here to tell you. It's only in the U.S., and it's a body of people representing the states of the U.S. who formally cast votes for the election of the president and the vice president. It consists of 538 electors, and a majority of 270 votes is needed to be president. That's why it was the road to 270 on all the news stations. Each state has a certain number of electors, the same amount of congressional members that it has. So one for each member of the House plus two senators. So this obviously varies state to state. Um, Some only have three electoral votes. Some, like Pennsylvania, have 20. It just kind of depends. These electors are chosen by the political parties in each state before the election. And this happens in either a state party convention or by a vote of the party's general committee. So each presidential candidate has their own specified list of potential electors. Then, when the voters in each state cast votes for the presidential candidate of their choice, they are voting to select their state's electors. Does that make any sense? It's confusing. So... These electors are chosen out by the parties or just by the state in general. And when you're voting for the president, you're voting that these electors go in and vote for the president. I'll talk a little bit more about it later, but that's the basic premise of it. Some states have these elected officials there for you to vote on, like on the ballot themselves. You can vote on the elected electors, (laughs) but most states do not. I know Missouri doesn't. And I'm a bunch of other states don't as well. The winning presidential candidate's slate of potential electors are appointed as the state's electors, except in Nebraska and Maine, which have proportional distribution of the electors. In Nebraska and Maine, the state winner receives two electors, and the winner of each congressional district, who may be the same as the overall winner or a different candidate, receives one elector. So this system allows for Nebraska and made to award electors more than one candidate. So um, if you saw on the maps, you know, during Biden and Trump, you may have seen that Nebraska was like a line state with blue and red. And this just means that Biden won one electoral vote because he won in different congressional districts and Trump won two for winning the overall state. And that's arguably a more fair system under the Electoral College. But as I said, only two states really uphold this. Everyone else is a winner-takes-all system, which I'll talk about in a little bit. So electors vote once in the election for the president, but they're really voting for themselves to be electors. So they're not voting twice. They're not voting for Trump during the general election and then Trump again during the Electoral College election. They're just For that first vote, they're voting for themselves to be an elector. And then they're voting for the president within itself. After the general election, there is a meeting of the electors, which is usually the, well, not usually. It always is the first Monday after the second Wednesday in December. So I'm pretty sure this year it's December 12th, where they're actually voting for the president. (laughs) Okay, are you confused yet? (laughs) Well, just wait. It gets worse, I promise even though these are elected officials and are here for the people, there is no law or provision that requires them to vote in the way of the popular vote. There are some states that require they vote in the way of the popular vote, which creates two types of electors. Electors bound by the state law and those bound by pledges to political parties. So each state kind of has their own way of looking at electors. So In some states, electors have to go by the popular vote and have to vote for that. But then there are other states where the electors go by the political party that they were elected by. So if they're democratically elected, even if the popular decision is to go for a Republican, if they're elected by the Democratic Party, they have to go in that way. But this doesn't always mean that they vote for, you know, in this case, they don't always vote for Biden, They could vote for a third party. They could vote for Bernie Sanders. They could vote for anyone else, really, unless they're bound by the state to vote for the popular vote, which creates this whole other dilemma, too, because how can you trust an elector is going to vote in the way that you did? So that's the main. We'll get into the problems later. But that's a really big problem with the Electoral College and what makes it really confusing because you're casting in your vote for these electors to vote in the way that you want them to vote. Count how many times I say vote, honestly. But you're you're voting for them to vote in the way that goes with your alignments. But they could go in and vote for someone completely different. And that really just depends on the state and what laws they have in place for electors. The U.S. Supreme Court has held that the Constitution does not require the electors to be completely free to act as they choose, and therefore political parties may extract pledges from electors to vote for the party's nominees. So no elector has ever been prosecuted for failing to vote as pledged. However, several electors were disqualified and replaced, and others were fined in 2016 for failing to vote as pledged. Um, a political party in the state can take away a right as an elector or they could get them in trouble for it. That doesn't always happen legally. They get in trouble for it, but they can definitely get their, you know, rank knocked down. They could get a fine and they could get in trouble for it. Most definitely. A lot of these electors are chosen by the political party because they have ties to the political party or they've been, um or they've been helpful to the political party. It's kind of like a reward almost for being loyal and doing a lot of work for the political party. But they could also be just chosen based on character and things like that. But a lot of the time it's kind of like um, a, a reward for being good and being loyal. So in short, you're not really voting for the president. You're voting to determine your state electors. These states use your vote to appoint their electors. So, you know, you put down Biden or Trump on your ballot, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're voting for Biden or Trump. You're voting for the elector to vote for Biden or Trump in the end. So in states like Missouri, that can be really difficult because, you know, Missouri's typically a red state. So if you're voting blue it can be hard because you're not, your vote isn't necessarily going towards Biden in the state. It's going to whoever's going to win the popular vote in the state, and then those electors are going to vote based off that. Obviously, and, you know, governor and everything like that, what you vote is what directly gets put into place. But the president is just a very different ball game. So take the time, stop, and ask yourself, do you think this is a fair way to decide the president? take a second and think about that (laughs) after everything I just told you in my poll on Instagram 33 said yes that is a fair way to elect a president and 187 said no and my friend Paige even slid up and said that when she was teaching it to her fifth graders they all decided that it was an unfair system put in place I'm not here for to decide for you but I mean this is my podcast so of course I'm gonna give my own personal stance on it that doesn't mean that you can't sit here and do your own research and figure out what you think is best and that doesn't mean that you should hate on me for my opinion you are listening to my podcast in the first place but I think the outcome of 2016 is a good example of how the system could be unfair in in my opinion is very unfair Because even though Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, Trump maintained 57% of the electoral vote, declaring him the winner. Since he won key states like Pennsylvania, Florida, and Ohio, he gained those electors along the way. Even though Clinton had a higher overall popular vote, because she won states that didn't have a higher number of electors, means that she ultimately lost the election. So let's look at all the problems here. I'm just going to put it out here. One of the biggest problems with the electoral college is how much clout it gives to states that don't have as many people. Each state is awarded at least three electors. So the District of Columbia, even though it's not a state, is awarded three electors of their own. This means in states with less population, they still maintain at least three electoral college votes. Allison Waller of the New York Times states that Sparsely populated Wyoming has three votes and a population of 58, 580,000, giving its individual voters far more clout in the election than their millions of counterparts in densely populated states like Florida, California, and New York. This system also gives no recognition to our US territories like Guam, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands, who are impacted directly by our politics. This also gives Americans living in those states no vote, pretty much. Absolutely no vote, actually. They get no electoral college votes. They get no say in the presidential election in that way. So I don't know if you guys have seen, but there has been a map going around that kind of just shows the, like, I don't know how to say this, graphically shows how this works. So um, it shows the bigger circles in the, bigger cities like I mean in Missouri you have St. Louis you have Kansas City and places like that and it kind of shows you know it starts off with the map how it normally is and then it slowly disper- disperses into smaller or bigger dots based on the area so in states like where they have not a whole lot of population they get almost as much say as places in like Missouri who have bigger cities and have a lot bigger population it also gives the same amount of clout as people in St. Louis to people in places like Perryville, Missouri, where my parents grew up. And, you know, everyone should have a fair say. But because of places, because places are more populated like St. Louis, it would only make more sense to give them more clout for the Electoral College. But that's not how this works. It gives people in lesser counties a bigger say, which obviously everyone should be represented, but it should be Represented in a way that's fairly distributed and the Electoral College does not do it in that way. Another huge issue is as Jesse Wegman says and he wrote a book just on how we should give the vote back to the people. And he says that the statewide winner takes all laws which I kind of talked about earlier are an unfair and problematic way to go about the Electoral College. Under these laws, which states adopted to gain political advantage in the nation's early years, even though it was never raised by the framers, the states award all their electors to the candidate with the most popular votes in their state. The effect is to erase all the voters in that state who didn't vote for the top candidate, giving basically no voice to anyone else who maybe is in an entirely blue state and is Republican, basically gives them no vote vote because... All in all, the state's blue, so it doesn't doesn't really affect them because their voice isn't getting said except for in like directly in governor, congresswoman, and senate places. A big another big problem is in the results of a tie of an electoral college vote, which can happen although hasn't happened really. The vote goes directly to the House of Representatives, leading us to another issue. Fairvote.org explains this scenario as saying. If no candidate receives a majority of the electoral votes, the presidential vote is deferred to the House of Representatives and the vice presidential vote is deferred to the Senate. This could easily lead to a purely partisan battle instead of an attempt to discover which candidate the citizens really prefer. If the Senate and the House of Representatives reflect different majorities, meaning that they select members of opposing parties, the offices of the president and vice president could be greatly damaged the potential opposition in the presidential office would not be good for the stability of the country or the government. So let's say the House of Representatives is a majority blue, so they are obviously going to pick the blue presidential candidate, and the Senate is primarily red, they're going to pick a Republican vice president. And although in some people's mind that may be like well unity you know we need both sides which okay may be fair but that could lead to a lockdown of the presidency meaning no movement forward no ideas getting put in place nothing of that line and just constant tension so although that hasn't happened it could potentially happen and that's a very problematic way to go about choosing a president because that means Almost entirely, no one's votes really matter, no one's voices, except for the House of Representatives or the Senate, which, yes, we vote for, but a lot of the times, it's going to be the old House and the old Senate and not the newest elected House or Senate, meaning that it's not a current representation of the people's voices. Because the system makes it so that people's voices really don't get the power that they say it does, voter turnout is usually very low. Although this election showed us a very different story, it's not always like this. When people say their vote has no power, although untrue because you are voting for an an elector to hopefully put your voice out there, it is an understandable statement. Your voice is just being put on another person's voice, and they can really choose to do whatever they want with it. So how does this seem fair? You know, my vote as a bisexual woman is probably not going to be the same as some straight man who is most likely going to be the electoral, the electoral vote in my state of Missouri, which is primarily red. Black women's voices, indigenous people's voices, and more are going to s- probably some straight white man who is not going to think the same as them. So the Gallup There was a Gallup poll um, a couple years ago about this, and it reported that 61% of Americans support abolishing the Electoral College in favor of the popular vote. However, that support kind of goes off, goes to different political parties, basically, with the support of 89% of Democrats and only 23% of Republicans. So, what are your thoughts on the system? Do you believe it's a fair representation of our country? And I would say, I'm not going to voice my opinion, but kind of as I said before, I do have a loud mouth, so I only think it's right for me to do so. I believe that the electoral college should be abolished. The system was created by our forefathers at the very last minute. And that's not just me being exaggerating about it, it's no joke, they literally just threw it in at the end because they wanted to try and create a more, quote unquote, more fair system that is chosen by intellectuals, basically. The men who created it were all white, straight, and slave-owning men who wanted things to be, quote-unquote, fair for them. This system no longer represents the needs of our country. They give states with less population more pull than those with more people. Cities with more people should get more pull because that's where the people are. In places, and especially Missouri, we can see that Columbia, St. Louis, and Kansas City are always equally represented to places with less people, like Springfield, So how does that make any sense? My vote should matter because it's my vote. vote. It shouldn't be compared to those in less populated cities. That doesn't make any sense. And my vote should also be my vote because it's my voice. If we were truly a democratic government, I think we could all be in agreement on that. My voice shouldn't go to someone else to vote, hopefully in favor of me. My vote should go to who I want it to go to and everyone else's should too libertarian, republican, liberal, whatever you are, your voice should matter because it's your voice. It shouldn't go to someone else to choose for you. And although definitely states have places in law, like laws in place where they choose the most popular vote, which is helpful obviously to cities because it should be the popular vote, that's not always the case. These elect electors aren't, you know, automated computers. They're real people. So they can go in with one mindset and completely come out voting another way. It just isn't a fair way of putting things. And it doesn't make any sense for the way we are now. I also shared on my story a couple days ago. Just, um, I'm sure you have probably seen it. But it's a map and it shows, it says, I'm sorry, I'm pulling it up now so I don't get it wrong. But it's basically uh, how the electoral college map would look if only blank voted. So it shows people of color and the entire map is blue. It shows women and there are states like uh, Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma and things like that that are red. But everything else is blue. And then it shows men where pretty much the entire map is red except for a few states that are blue. Then it shows white people, again, where even more of the map is red, and then some of it is blue. Then it shows white women, where a majority of the map is red, but some are blue, and so on and so forth. It shows just how the electoral college is, you know, pretty much messed up, and it doesn't show how people of color and how minorities are being represented in our government it only shows how the majority how the intellectual and specifically chosen people are voting and that's just not fair and although you should 100 still vote and i am all for voting and i want my voice to be heard the really the place where it really matters where your voice really gets heard directly is for governors in local elections that's why it's so important to go to every local election that you can because that's where your politics and that's where your voice is really accurately being represented represented and although I'm sure most of you can guess I am liberal that doesn't mean that I think the system should be abolished because it. You know, because of my politics on that, I think it should be abolished because it's unfair to everyone. You know, even Republican electors could choose whoever they wanted based on what they think is right. And that's not fair to anyone. That's not what America should be supporting or should be built on top of. It should be based on what the people want because our government is supposed to work for us. It's not supposed to be the other way around. We're supposed to get our voices heard. These people are elected to literally represent us in a higher form of government. And when that's not happening because the Electoral College gets to kind of choose whatever they want, that's not how our country was run on. It was built on democracy. It was built on making sure that people, I mean, that's why we left Britain that's why we left the British government. We were like, why are you taxing us from so far away? That doesn't make any sense. We should, we deserve to have representatives. We deserve to have a voice. And that's kind of how the electoral college feels now. feels like, well, my voice, I'm casting my vote to make my voice heard, to make my selection. So why is someone who doesn't know me at all being, you know, using my voice to make a vote? It just doesn't really make any sense, you know? So I know that's a little more educational than I feel like I normally am on this podcast, but politics are just really where my heart lie. I love learning about them. So I want to, and I feel like the electoral college and all of that is a very specific thing that a lot of people don't really learn. So I want to make sure that no one's gatekeeping information from you guys. So I want to make sure that you learn something and that you know a little bit more about everything. Um, There are definitely some New York Times articles that I would 100% recommend on the Electoral College. And then um, I went to archives.gov, and they had a bunch on the Electoral College, a lot of information on how it gets chosen, different state laws. And you can look up your state laws on the Electoral College and see what they're like and see how your voice is being represented in your state. So I would highly recommend you do some research on it and you find more podcasts that explain it a little bit easier or, you know, talk more about it. I'm only, you know, 22-year-old girl. I shouldn't be counted on for all the information, although I think I'm very smart. (laughs) So I want to hear your guys' thought on the Electoral College. So go to loudmouthpod.com um, on Instagram and let me know what you guys think. I'm going to make a post and I want to hear your guys' comments on it. I want to see what you know about the electoral college and how you feel about it. Do you feel like it needs to be abolished? Do you not? Or if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. Totally understandable. But thank you for listening to this podcast. I really do hope that it gave you some insight a little bit into about, in about what just happened in our country (laughs) and you know, such a big milestone for 2020. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, follow me on instagram at loudmouthpod. email me loudmouthpod1 at gmail.com go to my patreon all my links will be in my bio or in the show notes um and i love you guys thank you so much for listening tune in with me next monday to talk more about stuff that i want to talk about and stuff that you want to talk about let me know if there's anything you want me to cover all right love you guys bye (laughs)